Welcome to the Making of Smile & Co, a series about Dr. Ashley Hovez, a dentist in Folsom, California, creating her dental practice literally from scratch. She is starting with only a building that she has to completely remodel and reconstruct. She has zero existing patients, she's new to the community, and has no ownership of any other existing practice. She quit her job as an associate weeks before episode one was recorded, and I am documenting every single step in real time. Listen, join in, and engage with us as we hear all of Dr. Ashley Hovez's ups and downs and everything in between. This is a series for everyone, especially the ones looking to chase their dreams. So what's been going on this week? So we opened our doors officially on Thursday, September 7th, and it's been, it's been a, a crazy past couple of weeks of just trying to get all the systems down and trying to get all the training for the technology, ordering all the supplies, making sure we have everything. And, um, and then working with the city of Folsom. Like, I didn't get my certificate of occupancy until the morning before we opened. Like I almost had, I almost had to reschedule my patients because there was drama with, <laughs> with permits and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I don't even know where to start. What Maybe drama so. was there? So there was drama about because I, I had originally plumbed for nitrous, like so for med gas. But because of finances, I pulled the, uh, like I, I had them wait on installing all of the, all of the other equipment because that was going to be an extra, I don't know, 11 grand. And I said, well, you know, let's get the doors open. Let's see what our patient floor was like before I spend another 12 grand. So um, apparently that is frowned upon because they think that you might be doing something not legal, I guess, with med gas. So I had to write a letter to the city of Folsom basically stating, like, this is what I did. I had it plumbed. We did gut renovation. But because I'm a startup and because I'm, watching my, because I'm watching my cash flow, um, I'm waiting a few months possibly before I have it officially, officially um, plums for nitrous. So I had to write them a letter stating that and stating that I knew that when the time came that I wanted to get up and running that I would have to reapply for the permit. Hmm. And so, so you got that, it really late? And then there was a couple... Yeah. So I, yeah and, and there were a couple other things that they wanted drawn on the plans, like the architectural plans that they made my contractor redesign, and it's crazy because they also wanted to see see approval for the, you know how I built a, a backyard yeah. <laughs> and a fence back there? Um, well, my contractor thought that because it, the fence wasn't taller than six feet, that I wouldn't need to have any board approval. But when the inspector came in, he said, well, where, where are your plans? Like, did we know about this? And... Which is so ridiculous because we're beautifying the space. 
I mean, we took something that literally looked like an ugly duckling and we made it into something much more attractive. It's definitely made the curb appeal a lot better, I, I believe, on my block. Um, so I don't know what happened. I think it was a lot of prayer, but the inspector finally granted us the approval that oh. morning. Oh, wow. The morning of your new... What time was your yeah. new patient coming in? Um, the first patient was scheduled for 9, and we had gone back and forth with the inspector up until 8 o'clock in the morning. Jeez. So, and I think you already spoke to Brian. Like, the, the day before, the movers were here. Like, everything got put into the space just 12 hours before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow, okay. So tell us a little bit more about, like, the day up to it, like training your staff. I know you were doing that quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, so I actually, I started training my, my team about a week before um, before we had opened our doors. And, and the first meeting was fun. It was just at my house, very casual. I just wanted everyone to meet each other. And, um, you know, just get to know um, why I chose each person to be on, on the team, which was fun. And then on when, the following Wednesday, I had them train at the site, which, oh, my gosh, I mean, it was mayhem here. I had <laughs> 20 people at once working on IT, working on... Um, you know, just getting all the technology set up. They were still building, like, like finishing the chairs. And I had boxes and boxes of supplies and all this inventory for the office. And I was being pulled in five different directions while I'm supposed to be sitting on a training with my team. So that was, that was stressful, and I had, I had all these meetings set up. Like, I had one with Unlock the PPO. And um, that was a two-hour conversation between um, someone from almost the PPO, and I had two of my girls here for that meeting. And they went over insurances and, you know, billing and everything that I needed to get done. And then the next day, I had training with Yappy and getting that whole onboarding process. And then in between, I would have them watch videos on open demo. Like we watched YouTube videos, and yeah, it was it was a mad dash. Like I had the first four days of of us being open, we were completely booked solid. Mm-hmm. And I know that, like you know, this was a pretty publicized event. People have been watching everything from just day one. So I already felt like the whole world was watching what I was doing. So I had all the pressure that I put on myself. And then I had all this added pressure of, of just wanting everything to be completely perfect. And I'm, I'm already type A personality, which I'm, I'm a dentist. We already fall into that category. And, and you know, like we, we pay attention to details. And when things weren't flowing properly, when, when one disaster was happening after another, like, I actually broke down in the office. Oh, wow, Yeah, so um, long story short, I had my IT guys, um, like, 
so I had issues um, with with the computer monitors, like not sitting, not sitting on the mount. So we had to have uh, like we had to order on Amazon and um, Amazon Prime to make sure it got delivered. Uh, all these brand new monitors, so you know more money, of course. So we waited for the monitors to get in because with the Serona mount, it it has a very specific, I don't know, back. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't just attach to every single monitor, right? And apparently we didn't know that. So I I get the monitors finally from Amazon. I got it on a Wednesday, and I called my IT and I was like, hey can you take a look at this? And I got the monitors, like, is there any way you can come in now? And he was like, oh, well, there's no way I can do this. I have other jobs, all this stuff. And I was like, really, there's, like, no way you can at least make sure that it's going to fit, right? Especially since we've already had an issue. And um, and he's like, no, it'll be fine. I'll be there. I'll be there next Tuesday. So keep in mind, we open on Thursday. And mm-hmm. he's going to come in on Tuesday. And he's like, well, it's going to be fine. Everything's going to fit. Don't worry about it. Hmm. And then he comes in on Tuesday. And I'm like, I'm still in the middle of training. And I'm still getting called, like, for all these other things. Like, my phone was ringing off the hook. And then my IT guy, she calls me into the operatory. And he's like, yeah, these monitors don't fit. And at that point... At that point, Michael, I like my, I could feel the ru- the blood rush to my head, and I could feel my face getting hot. And it was just one thing after another that was just not going well. And and I told him, I said, well, this is exactly why I had asked you to come in last week when these monitors came. And now it's Tuesday. We're opening on Thursday. The Serona rep is coming on Wednesday, the train, and if these computers don't get up and running, I'm, I'm going to pull my hair out. And and I started crying, like, in the bathroom. And I, I like, called Brian, or I texted Brian, I'm like, I think I'm having a nervous breakdown. Like, it's, it's all resting on my shoulders, and it's a very, like, I mean, opening a business from scratch is already extremely daunting, and to do it Knowing that, like, we have this podcast and knowing that I've been very, you know, social with on Instagram and Facebook and knowing that I had already had 53 appointments scheduled before mm-hmm. we opened, like, I had, like, this incredible pressure on me to not only, like, be perfect, but, like, just to be completely flawless and, and know exactly what I was doing and it was just too much I I was like maybe I shouldn't have done this maybe maybe I should have been an associate like it was it was a lot of stress and um, I think my IT guy saw that right away saw that I was like like unraveling at the scene so yeah. he and his partner they like ran to Home Depot or Office Depot and they ran to Staples and they put like some stuff together and, and they found a way. They found a way to do it and and in the end it all ended up working fine. But it was I, I think I've 
I've added a few years to my age. I really do. Like it, it, it's been a lot these past five months. Did your um? And I can't even. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. What were you gonna say? I was just gonna say like you asked me before we started recording like oh am I happy and I feel like I am but uh-huh. I can't even like I can't even enjoy it. You ah. feel you feel pretty stressed. Well, like keep in mind, like this is the your what a week or two weeks. I so this is my my seventh day of being open. Okay. And Brian, like I talked about it last night, he was like, you know, you have to just sit back and and just realize everything that's come to fruition. Just like like this. I'm, I'm sitting in this amazing practice and I have an amazing team and I have patience and, and I just, I just need to take a step back and, and pat myself on the back for doing this. But I am still on the phone all day long with insurances because um, I'm still having trouble with um, not being contracted with all of them. And I'm in California, so Delta is, is one of the biggest players. And I'm, um, and because of that, because I'm not officially in network with Delta, we have to let everyone know that, hey, like, um, we're, even though we are going to be working with your insurance, for the time being, we are considered out of network. So what that means is that we will be collecting up front at the time of visit, but Delta will be reimbursing you directly. And, um, and for a lot of patients, that's too much to ask for them to pay, I don't know, $270 out of pocket. So mm. my schedule, even though I have a lot of patients scheduled for September, they, a lot of the patients are rescheduling. Thankfully, they're not canceling. They still want to come here, but they are rescheduling for October. So, um, like yesterday, I had a full day, and we ended up only seeing one patient, and so, so that's the difficulty, just knowing that, like, hey, I have, I, I have patients, but they don't want to pay out of pocket for anything, because, you know, that's, that's how patients think these days, like, they don't want, <laughs> like, if, if they have insurance, they don't, they don't expect to be paying up front. Even if we do tell them that, hey, they're going to be reimbursed and worry. So, yeah. so there's still like a lot of things that's happening. And, um, so if you are looking at doing a startup, make sure that you start getting um, contract or start the application process, I don't know, six to nine months in advance. And so let's backtrack a little bit and talk about your the feeling of the world was watching. Do you still feel like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Every day, I do. Like, I mean, like I said, I never never thought that it was, it was ever going to be like that, right? I, I really thought that my first video was just going to be for, for me mostly and then for maybe some close family members who paid attention on Facebook. Um, and it just, it just skyrocketed, right? Like it became mm-hmm. into something that was like it, it it went viral overnight, which it was 
it was definitely a blessing. Like I met you and, and we, we've, we've created this amazing platform for anyone else who wants to do a startup. Um, and I met like Anissa Holmes and so, but it's also a double edged sword because now it's, it's a very public proclamation of this is what I'm going to do and this is what I'm trying to achieve. And hopefully I don't fail publicly. Like, so that's, it's just, it's just unnerving just thinking about all the mistakes that I've, I've made. And, but I, I'm fortunate that I get to have this outlet so that, you know, nobody else has to make these mistakes. Yeah. What was, like, the so far from leading up, from the last episode we recorded to now, what do you feel like has been the biggest mistake you made? Um, biggest mistake. I, you know, so I, gosh, would be the biggest mistake. Hiring. <laughs> Hiring? Everyone talks about it. Yeah, like hiring. Well, not, I mean, I not so much who I hired or maybe the process of how I hired. I, I worked with um, one of the girls at a different office, and, I, and she was an amazing RDA. She was my chair side assistant, and I wanted her to be my chair side assistant in this new office. Um, but... She told me that she didn't want to be in the back, that she wanted to be in the front. Um, so uh, I, ha I had originally had someone in mind for the front, but because I knew her and we worked together in the past, like I didn't hire the other person and I put her in the front because she told me that's where she wanted to be. And it was my fault um, not asking more questions about how experienced she was. Because in the end, she wasn't experienced at all, especially mm. with insurances and billing. So, um, so she ended up quitting after two days, which, you know, like I had, I had spent time and obviously money training her with the new software and like Yappy and Open Dental and um, the Serona and. Um, and she was the main person that I had sitting in on the unlock the PPO phone conversation. Uh -huh. And when she quit after two days, like I was back to square one. Like, so, so that was already stressful. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah. I didn't expect that right away. So, um, when you are hiring someone, like I know they say to hire for personality and. And I, I, I agree, but if you are a startup, you need someone with experience in the front because I honestly, I still have a lot of learning left to do with insurances and billing. And I, I would have definitely been much better off if I had hired my original person for the front who had 20 plus years experience. Do you, is that person there and now? And it could have no? taken a lot. She, she gave her notice to her existing office, and so she's going to be starting next Tuesday. Oh, okay, cool. You already got somebody. You know what I feel like? I feel like 
before you opened, we were kind of like in, or you, we were all kind of like in this type of uh, phase where it's like, not like magic land or anything like that, but we were all like, yeah, you know, and, and, and um, not, not just ambitious, but more like dreamers, right? You were dreaming. Yeah. And then yeah. now it's like the nuts and bolts and it's like, yeah, that, that sounded nice, but it's not right. how it always is. Like, it's not really how it is. <laughs> So no, absolutely. Absolutely. What feeling can, can the dentist expect the dentist who's like trying to do a startup? What feeling can he expect in this transition? Um, a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety. Um, and it's, you really feel, at least I really feel like everything is on me. Like, everything is on my shoulders, right? Like, I have, to, I have to train the girls in the back on how I want my setups, on how I want my organization for the lab and all this. And then, and then I have to set up the protocols for following up with patients after their first appointment um, and giving the patient tours. And, like, the whole patient experience, I have to do that. And then at the same time, I have to make sure that I'm training the girls up front um, and with insurances, with verbiage on how to answer the phone because I really want a certain way that patients are greeted. And um, just, I, I just, it's everything is on me. And, and then talking to the contractors and talking to IT, all the technology people who are in the office. Mm-hmm. They're pulling me in all these way, like all these different directions, and I'm the only one with the answers. Even setting up HR, so I have been on the phone all like all morning and all day yesterday, setting up um, my employee manual. Like I've never done an employee manual before, and and now I'm doing payroll and improving hours, and then I had to pay the final check to um, that last girl that uh, gave her notice. So mm-hmm. so you really do wear all the hats. And um, I guess that's why a lot of people, they just, honestly, they acquire a practice because, you know, it may not be your vision, but at least there are systems already in place and there are people who already know what they're doing and there are patients to start off with so yeah yeah yeah, are you still are you still building like is the contractor still building stuff or no 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 they're they are done i actually had my punch list walk through this morning with them so my contractor dave and my project manager mike they were here this morning for a couple hours and we went room by room and talked about all the things that needed to get done so they're gonna find another time and day to come back and, and fix some things um yeah like it's it, it's an amazing amazing ride and even though we were delayed michael three weeks mm-hmm. i honestly could have i don't been delayed I, more i don't know how yeah like i don't know how else i could have prepared because it's like parenthood. You, it, you really don't know what you're getting into until you're in that situation. 
Yeah, yeah. I spent so much time on Town reading everyone's startup journeys, and and I've been on, um, you know, like all the Delivering Wow boot camps and like all the inner circle calls. But and they talk about systems and protocols and all this stuff. But I mean, you have to sit down and create those systems and protocols while you're still answering emails and faxing over invoices to Wells Fargo so that you can get paid. Mm-hmm. So it's, Do you feel like it's a lot. when you went to Zero World this weekend, do you feel like that like gave you a break or you were like, nah, I was still thinking about everything. It didn't really matter where I was at. You know, it was actually, it was the first time that I really felt like I had a break from the office. So it was a very nice thing to step away from. Like, like I've, I've literally been here every day for, I don't know, 12 to 13 hours a day. I, I show up two, three hours before our first patient, and I leave a couple hours after our last. And um, and it was nice to to go to Zero World and meet up with um, meet up with some colleagues. And you know what's crazy, Michael? Hmm. Like I would get introduced to people, and they would ask me about Smiling Co. Oh, really? Like nice. I had I kid you not. I probably met twenty people who pulled me to the side, and I even had one person who walked in. Um, I had, oh, sorry, I had one person, I was walking, um, I was trying to find my, my car, and I was walking, like, really fast, and they stopped me in my tracks and was like, Ashley? And it was someone, it was someone who is doing a startup in Texas. Oh, wow, really? And she, like, gave me the biggest hug, and she was like, oh, my gosh, I've been following your journey, and, like, I feel like I know you, and, and, um, someone from Wells Fargo, um, also introduced himself to me, and he said, I just wanted to let you know, listening to your podcast, and I've made it mandatory listening for all of my, my banking team so that they know exactly how the drugs are feeling whenever they're applying for loans and making payments. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that is crazy. Man, look at you, man, changing changing. That's the thing, like, even if you were to feel like the pressure is on you, right? Like, say, like, oh, man, I can't fail. Even if you, like, like let's just say, like, you did, like, although you won't, but, like, let's just say you did, like, you still are teaching a lesson, you know what I mean, to everybody out there who right. who wants to um, right. start their dental practice. So do you feel kind of like, um, like, you know, you know how before you opened, you were worried about, like, new patients and Facebook likes and Maybe small tweaks in your designs here and there. Do you kind of feel like that's all, not petty, but like a little like, yeah, that's a little less important now compared to the stuff I have to deal with now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, I mean, um, I all of that, all of that is definitely important. Like getting engagement and getting people to follow your journey and. And to know who you are, like, that's what puts Smiling Co. on the map in the first place. But when it gets to the nuts and bolts, like, if if you're not contracted with insurances, the patients, even though they want to come see you, they're going to wait. And it's going to it's gonna mess up your schedule. <laughs> so how do you think, like, the so, fee-for-service practices do it? The ones who aren't with insurance. 
I think that the fee-for-service model is um, is primarily doctors who have had a history, right? Who they've had a long-standing history in the community. They've treated the same patients for decades, and um, and their reputation and their um, their um, their word of mouth referrals precedes them because they know exactly the type of a patient who they're, they're attracting. And, you know, eventually that, that's, that's what my goal is. Um, for, for being a startup, I know there are some people who venture into that right away. It's, it, I, I think the stomach lining of those people is, is definitely a lot thicker than mine because, you know, if you're brand new to a community, if you don't have the reputation, you know, like it's, It'll be, it'd be very hard to find someone who's just going to say, oh, well, I have dental insurance, but you know what? Let me try this doctor just to see how they are and pay out of pocket. Yeah. And there are so many dentists in my area who accept their dental insurance. People are insurance driven, and our goal is to create an experience that is so unparalleled, so not like your typical, you know, clinic that hopefully we can attract those types of patients who will pay for the experience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I get you. So since you've uh, accepted in your patients, right, since the day you opened, really, what has been your favorite resource? Front Office Rocks. Front Office Rocks? Yes. Why? Have you heard of them? So it's, um, it's online training for your front office team. And for someone like me who has never trained anyone for front office, like just verbiage and talking about payment and treatment plans and case presentation, I think it's, it's been really helpful. Okay. And since you opened, what did you find out about yourself? Not put so much pressure on myself to be perfect because things are going to happen. And you, you always imagine in your head of this flawless first day and, and like the technology just being like so harmonious in the whole treatment plan and, and like just getting everything right from mm-hmm. start to finish. And, and it's not going to be like that. It's, at least for me, like it, and you have to remember why you're doing it and, and celebrate the wins because there are going to be there are going to be losses and I, I have to just remind myself to, to take a step back and, and just be grateful for, for everything that we've accomplished here. What are the things you wish you knew before you opened? Gosh, I mean, I wish I had started my insurances. I don't know, a year ago. I don't even know if that was possible a year ago because I don't even know if I knew I wanted to do a startup a year ago. Yeah. Um, but I would have spent a whole lot more time figuring out insurances and creating a dental savings plan, a, a membership plan. Oh, really? Because, yes, yes. That's been, I mean, there's, 
there are so many third-party companies that offer um, and that offer a way to to make um, your membership plan easier to track and all this stuff. And I should have done a lot more research in that realm. Like I focused a lot on marketing because yeah. in my head I thought, well, one, it's the one thing that I actually enjoy because it's talking about the practice and talking about my vision. Um, but you have to you have to even it out with the whole the money side. Like, like I never, I know it's people. I don't know. Like, I I never got into this thinking that I wanted to just make money. Like, I, it was never about the money for me. It was always about this dream of just treating patients the way I wanted and and practicing dentistry the way I wanted to practice. And my husband's salary, like I could have easily, I could have easily taken an associate job, associateship job, and spent more time at home with my boys, watching them grow up. Um, so, like the money, it. I always felt like, well, you know, like if you just treat patients well, it'll it'll pay off in the end. So I didn't focus on insurances and care credit and lending club and boom cloud and privy and all of the ways that you're actually going to get paid for your services. So yeah. if I could backtrack anything, it would be that. Like I, I mean, I, I'm obviously, I'm a business person now. I'm a businesswoman now. And even if I didn't get in this for the money, there are team members relying on me to pay them so that they can afford to live their lives, right? Like they mm -hmm. are here day in, day out. And if I can't pay the overhead, then then that's a fail. So Yeah, no, yeah, you're right. What do you wish you spent less time on? I would say less time marketing. I mean, so, so that's the thing. Like I, Brian tells me all the time that I need to be more consistent about like my posts and everything and and I think if I just posted like maybe a couple times a week that would have been okay too um but I don't know like I really don't because I don't know if I would have had 50 plus people schedule before we opened if I wasn't so involved in social media I don't know if we weren't going to be featured on Good Day Sacramento twice did I tell you that? We got featured again. They came back. No, you haven't told me that, um, that you got featured the second time. Yeah, so um, last Wednesday, right before I left for Zero World, Good Day Sacramento came back, and they did a whole other, um, like, grand reveal on TV. So that was fun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the way you say it, you're like, that was fun. <laughs> no, it was fun. It really was. It was fun. I know. I'm just saying, like, you sound really tired, Ashley. <laughs> Okay. I'm so tired. So then, what has been the biggest headache so far? Would it be the IT thing? Would it be the what? The IT situation with the monitors? Um, no, I would say just Delta, just insurances. Insurances, oh wow. And then, yeah. And then, what is one question you need answered immediately that the audience can help with? Yeah, what are you guys using for your in-house savings plans or membership plans 
Um, there's so many options. Like, do you do it yourself? Do you auto debit every month? Do you use compassionate finance? Do you? There's so many. Like, how? What are your financial options available in your offices for your patients? And then what is the main lesson this week you want the audience to take away? If you can start creating all of your systems and protocols before your doors open, I think that would be the most ideal situation because now I have to create all of those on top of everything else that I have to do while treating patients. So anything that you can do now before your doors open try to get it done because those things they take a long time and also um yeah start start learning all of your your hr logs for your state mm-hmm. yeah yeah you're right you're right that would be my recommendation <laughs> okay and then what's next oh oh my god oh yeah before before i let you go mm-hmm. i in my head i was thinking that i was going to do an alternate work schedule you know what that is michael no. No, okay, so basically in the state of California, you pay overtime if you work oh. over 40 hours or mm-hmm. over 8 hours a day. In my head, I was like, well, I plan on working 4 days a week, 10 hours a day. I didn't realize, <laughs> this, is, this is how little I know about that. I didn't realize that that is a whole situation with the state. You have to get it approved. There has to be like a voting, a blind voting by your team that they all have to be okay with an alternative work week schedule. So, wow. so I didn't know that, right? So when yeah. I first, uh, yeah, it's crazy. So when I, and, and the board approval could take anywhere from two to three months. Oh, wow. Um, yes. So while I was training and for my first payroll ever as a business owner, I, I submitted all my hours, and I noticed that everyone was getting overtime. So I had to call the company for payroll. I was like, hey, no, no, no. We, um, we're working alternative work week schedule. <laughs> so, um, you know, like, they didn't really work overtime. And then so they asked me, they said, well, did you get it approved by the state? And I was like, um, I don't know what you're talking about. You're like, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So all those times that I thought that, um, and there were there were some girls who only worked two days that last week. But because wow. it was over eight hours, they get paid overtime. So and they're probably like, yeah. man, this is really nice. Jeez. This is super nice, mm. I know. So, so when you have no cash flow yet and you're paying your employees time and a half, that's a tough pill to swallow. <laughs> so yeah. that's why I say make sure you know your HR logs. Hmm. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you're listening to, please be sure to leave a review on iTunes. Every single review helps us out tremendously. Also, do not forget to share this episode and others that you've enjoyed on your social media. Please make sure to follow Ashley and her journey and the Dental Marketer podcast on Facebook and Instagram. The links to the Facebook and the Instagram will be in the show notes below. If you do have any questions or concerns, 
feel free to message us on Facebook or Instagram directly or email me at michael at the dental marketer dot site. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon.